Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to the, our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, John Raylan. The campaign is entitled At Your Door. It was written by Ellen Eisenwill, Mark Morrison, Barbara Manoui, Chris Adams, Scott D. Anielowski, and Herbert Hyde. I'm your game master, and this is episode 30. Our recap will be done by Jason Melnichok as his new character, Jade Tanaka. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Jason? From the field notes of Jade Tanaka, written in Japanese, Sunday, I finally made some headway with the group. I think they are going to include me in some of their secrets. We had drinks last night at the hotel bar. Oh, uh, yeah, Dr. Flores? Oh, is it already time to see Magnus? I'll be right with you. Oh, so today we had a clandestine meeting with Magnus at, of all places, a duck pond. It, it, it's like something straight from those black and white detective movies. All cloak and dagger, everything is getting so very exciting. After the meeting, uh, we were hungry, especially after finding out the only pescatarian option from a local hot dog vendor in the park was a bun with some mustard on it. It, it was kind of stale, too. So the doctors invited me to dinner to discuss the events, and they spilled the beans about unnatural creatures and unbelievable events that have occurred over the last few months. I was in awe. I have read books, I've seen movies, heard speeches from famous people, authors, scientists, athletes, that all talk about this one moment in their life, one pivotal event that forever changed them. And I thought it was just a turn of phrase, some well-crafted story to get people interested in what they were about to spew. And then I had my moment. Dr. Evans slid a simple photostatic copy of some poem across the di uh, dinner table to me. With, with a slight gasp from some of the others in the group. She simply told me to read it. One simple request, one simple page of seemingly innocuous text. It went on in a simple fashion until I uttered aloud one of the last words on the page, Shabnagarath, the Divine Mother. And that instant, my world was forever changed. It came on like a sickness, nausea. My head began to spin almost like the drugs I took at the Nine Inch Nails concert last summer. But, but this was different. The effects seemed to take hold, and then magic truly happened. Time seemed to almost dilate around me. A spark of energy burst from my very core. For the first time in my life, it was hard to describe having never been so laser-focused, so energized in my entire life. I wanted to solve mysteries of the world, tap into the unknown, climb Mount Everest, and although it pains me to admit it, I just wanted to grab the first attractive male I found and fuck him all night long. I collected myself, and as best I could, Dr. Flores brought me back to my room, bestowed upon me some ancient tome with ancient questions that have been firing off in my hippocampus at alarming rates. With this text, I learned about the goddess, Shabnigaroth, a blessing, and just a small fraction of what the black goat and her thousand young can bring to this world. And with that, my journey slowly coming to an end, I find my strength diminishing, my eyelids slamming shut, with that one thought that I voiced quite a few times over the last two days. I think it has something to do with the fault lines. 
I think it has something to do with the possible earthquakes. As I fade to black, sweet dreams of thick, lush forests, I can hear skittering. A large, black, dark shadow provides a safe place for me to rest my head in the woods. I can almost feel my bed rocking around me, rocking me to sleep like a baby in a swinging, moving cradle. Very good. All right. So you're all in the rubble of the disaster. Hours have gone by. It's about three in the afternoon on Sunday. And Jade finally starts to come out of her stupor. Um, the rest of you have been busy. You're trying to help those in need to dig out people who are trapped in the rubble. Um, there are children who have lost their parents. They're, they're, it, it, it's, it's a horrible disaster. Uh, the very few buildings are still intact. Um, there's rubble in the streets. There's no vehicles. Um, you have begun to see soldiers uh, that have been brought in from the outside, the uh, uh, militia officers. They are trying to make sure everything is kept in order. They're also watching for looters. Um, and you are told that there is going to be a curfew placed in, in, in place um, uh, and that you should ultimately make your way to the nearest tent city or, or whatever. If I climb a piece of high rubble, can I see anything like uh, Red Cross tents set up? Um, you can see in every place where they can clear areas, um, people are setting up tents. Um, the military is assisting. Um, there are a number of, of fairly decent parks. In fact, where the Crocker uh, still stands, you know, the buildings are still up, but they're, they're in dangerous um, condition. Um, in that whole plaza area out there, they've begun to set up tents and things. Um, uh, do we know, having spent some time there, where the largest park is that doesn't have a tall building on its side? Because we have to be figuring out where to shuttle people as we're engaged in this anyway. Uh, yes, there is, uh, there is a tent uh, city being erected uh, near the shoreline. Um, we'll just say, uh, you know, near the, the uh, um, well, actually it wouldn't be near the shoreline because they did have a tsunami. Um, it, it did some damage. Uh, you guys are higher up than that. Um, we'll we'll just call it Cascade Park. Is a fairly large park nearby that they're setting stuff up at. And so Jade is starting to wake up. Uh, Hell, happened? Ow. Yeah, you know how um, you know how there's been a lot of seismic activity. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, while you were out, it got a lot more seismic. Um, I slept through an earthquake. Eight point nine, kiddo. Yeah. Welcome to the far side. And she sits up, and she has 
pain in her ribs and a big shiner, a big black eye. And she looks at the destruction. You see tears just well up and start rolling down her cheeks. And she's like, did, did I do this? No. No. That no. thing you gave me last night. I wouldn't have caused this. And then she's just crying. And she kind of buries herself in her knees. Like, you know, flaps her knees. And... I'm starting to learn why... Uh... Our, uh, our colleague keeps carrying us around. Pulling the nerves. You want one, Jade? I don't normally smoke, but yes. My colleague's name is Heather. My goodness, you don't see the name right in front of you, and it's just totally blank. Yeah, Heather has picked up, her, her habit's gotten a little heavier. Uh, Margaret, do you want to take Jade to the... Uh, Tent at the park. She's going to need about sixteen gallons of lemonade if we can't get something stronger in her. Yeah, yeah here. I'm going to move to uh, the densest area away from the National Guard or whoever, so uh, that they oh. don't give me the boot before I dig out the last person I can. Hold on, before we split up, Don isn't full wilderness right around the corner. Uh, if the building yeah. didn't. As an, is it structurally unsound, Jade? Do, was there anything that could get out if it building came down? That's nothing was looked, nothing was left there. That they tell us. I'm I'm just true. It's just something to think about. I feel like they tended to contain things elsewhere, and keep their nice building downtown for the philanthropists to visit. But who knows? I'll be curious to see how the circle of stones looks like when the uh, fires are out. Mm. You also have not heard anything, of course, from your, uh, your assistants. Um, seven in the morning, they would have probably been driving up to uh, Zim, uh, Zimbotech. Uh, so that's just outside the city. Uh, it probably didn't take as much damage. Uh, it's just a one, the two-story building. Well, I mean, any more damage. I mean, the creature did it significant. Blew yeah. it already. But there is no, there is no communication. There's no phone lines or anything like that. Hmm. We should try to, we should try to make our way that way. That's as that's as good a place as any to, at least hold up. Yeah, we might be able to learn more and do more from outside of town than we can from a tent full of recently displaced people. How many miles is it away? Mm. It'd be like 15 across the city. It'd be pretty hard. Well, I but think with the endurance chant, walking a marathon. Well, I don't think we have, uh, I don't think we've got too many hours left of that. No, we'd have to stick out at least one night here. Well, and then Desmond's done the chant, so. Mm -hmm. Am I the only one? No, I did it as well. I think it's best if one of us doesn't do it so they can take care of everybody else. I think that's a good lesson from Jade's unfortunate experience. Mm. 
I think Heather's across town digging people out by hand. I don't know whether she chanted or not. Mm -hmm. Most likely place to find her though is in the largest shelter. Yeah, we're, we're almost dead set in the middle of town right now if we're outside of the Crocker Hotel. Correct. So the ocean is to the west. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Even the map is destroyed. <laughs> Everything's ruined. Um, Someone find that puppy. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I'm gonna. I, did I already have you guys do sanity rolls for this? I think less. Last time you said that anybody doing the endurance chant to help dig people out would avoid it. Okay. And so since mm -hmm. I am not, well, actually, I guess Jade isn't doing the chant because she already did it. So. I can do it too, and Jade can look after us in our downtime. Well, I think that the, what I'm what I'm getting at is, you're in a state of horror. There, there are dead bodies. There are dead body parts. There are children trapped in the rubble that you're trying to get to. For the day, it's going to be disaster. I mean, it's going to be one shock and horror after another. Um, but you guys have gotten used to kind of horror and you're probably more concerned with helping, it sounds like. So that's probably more important than, I, I'd say that eventually you probably settle not too far from where you started um, as the sun goes down, uh, as people start to worry about food and water. Um, They've set up a, a tent tent town nearby, uh, and they're issuing places to sleep. Um, uh, you're not sure where Heather is. She's she's probably out helping somewhere. She was very concerned for, you know, people. Um, but as the evening wears on, you also notice that the militia. Uh, that have been brought in, is that the right word? The National Guard that have been brought in. They're trying very hard to clear the streets at least, at least a path through the middle of the streets so that they can get in some vehicles of some sort. And uh, I'd say it's probably around 7 p.m. Is anybody crashing from their endurance chat? All right. I've probably been getting sluggish. I only got mm -hmm. I I only got seven. I got an eight. So yeah. So I guess helping throughout the whole day since it happened. You're all exhausted. Yeah. Um so we'll say that Desmond, you're starting to crash. Lise, you've already crashed. Uh Dr. Margaret, you've probably got about an hour before you crash. And uh, as you are sort of getting your stuff together, you, of course, have no stuff. You have the clothes on your back. That's all you have. Um, and a bundle of ancient text right. wrapped in a garbage bag.
Um, Dr. Evans, uh, you hear a voice uh, from a little while, uh, a little ways away, say, uh, Doc Dr. Evans, is that you? I look over. Um, you see walking towards you is uh, Richard Slakes. Richard, are you okay? He says, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, you made it. Excellent. Yeah, we and, all did. And as he approaches, he looks and he doesn't see, uh, uh, he doesn't see uh, Heather. Heather. And he's like, oh my God, is, is Heather? Heather's off helping. Okay. Good. We don't know where. Um, holy smoke. Yeah, you're telling me. Uh, he comes in. He actually looks like he's cleaned himself up a little bit at some place, you know, just washed the dirt off his face. And he says, well, he says, we're, you know, hold tight. We're, we're okay. Um, fortunately, uh, full wilderness is not entirely located <laughs> in the Crocker building. Our assets are fine. Um, so whatever mission we're working on right now can continue, but, uh, we're, we'll, we'll try now that I know where you are. If you stay here, I should be able to set you up somehow. Um, we've we've commandeered. Well, commandeered. We've we have the ability to take over certain structures, and there are still some structures standing. Uh, we're trying to get a hotel together, a couple of hotels, uh, not not the big ones, but the little ones, um, to house some of our people. And I, now that I know where you are, I'll make sure that you guys get into a room. Um, can't well, thank you so much, Slakes. Uh, other than that, I, I don't know what to say. It's, I, I, I have been walking around looking to see if I could find anybody. Uh, I have, uh, Mr. Jadik is okay. Uh, he made it out fine. Um, have you heard anything from anyone at Infotech? From Infotech? Zimbotech. 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 No. Unfortunately, they're all the way across town. And, and, right. uh, I was hoping there might be a satellite phone somewhere. but It's, uh, it's likely that they're probably okay. There wasn't that. It's a modern building uh, designed for earthquakes. Uh, of course, it was a bad earthquake. Hopefully, nobody was injured. Uh, it's here where everything came crashing down that, uh, that most of the disaster occurred. So you need a little something to calm your nerves there, Slakes? Oh, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> I, uh, I haven't, uh, <laughs> mine doesn't have a filter though. <laughs> so he smokes and you can see that he's shaking. He's like, I, I, I just, it's so, so quickly that the whole world can change around you. If, if I can bring you some info, I'll, I'll bring you some as soon as possible. He says, this, this is not what anybody expected.
there hasn't been much, of course, in the way of news. Do we know uh, when this was centered here? Um, or is, think, did it go all up and down the coast? I think I heard on the radio it was centered on the uh, the fault that go, runs right through the middle of San Damio. It's got some some Latin name. I don't know what the name of the fault is. Yeah. Well, at least uh, at least they aren't sending all their resources to other places that are even in worse shape. Now, as far as I know, they're sending people down from uh, San Francisco and up from Los Angeles to mm -hmm. assist. But for the most part, we're all stuck out in the uh, stuck here. I mean, you've got the mountains and the wilderness in one direction. You've got the desert in the other. Uh, there's not much much for all these people to go. Vehicles are all destroyed. Uh, hopefully, we'll have an SUV again in a day or two. If we make our way uh, toward the duck pond in Chandler Park, rather than just sitting here in the rubble, uh, that might be a place you could find us. Might be a good way to catch up with Heather too. Uh, once you've figured out if there are going to be accommodations in town. Or All right. the where, where is that? That's near the university? You Chandler Brooks, yeah, part of the university, greater university campus. All and right. there's a, a duck pond in it that's pretty well known. All right. Uh, that's where we'll look for you then. It's funny the ducks didn't fly inland when they had chance. No, oh, I don't know. Wait. We were there. They had more than 12 hours to get out. Anyway, I better go back. I'm uh, I'm just so lucky that I found you. What are yeah. we going to do for food and water? Uh, they should be bringing in food and water. It's not going to be much. Uh, but uh, they, that's the highest priority for the uh, for the National Guard. Yeah, and any uh, any spilled box of ho hos we see on the way there, I think you should eat Jade. As much water and anything like Gatorade or whatever we could find, I'll even recommend Mountain Dew. Well, there's a curfew. Uh, curfew is uh, what was it? Say six or seven. It's seven o'clock. Yeah, so we don't have time to get to the, that park tonight or today. Oh, right. That wasn't in walking distance. We took a car there. That's true. I was hoping to see Magnus and maybe therefore Heather. We don't, uh, we don't know anything about Magnus and, uh, and half of our staff. Um, anyways, there is a curfew. All right. So he, he takes his leave and, and goes. Uh, what do you guys want to do? See, it's uh, the evening. Uh, fortunately, it's, well, maybe unfortunately, it's hot and humid. I would like to see if I could walk around the perimeter of where we're at, not get out of uh, visual distance of the group and try and see if I can collect any supplies from anybody willing to give anything up. And I know it's a disaster zone, but I'll try and charm them, you know, 
still an attractive young girl, and she's going to use whatever she can to get a can of Coke, some twenty, whatever she can get out of. Even there's some National Guard people walking around. I think you're better off looking for a 7-Eleven with only one wall. Well, I mean, if I could find that, it, you know, for 100%, we'll go in there. If that's not an option. Uh, 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. is the curfew. Desmond, it's a curfew, but where are we supposed to go? You know, oh, be inside. There's a curfew. Well, fuck you. There is no inside. You have to stay in the tent city. Right. There are guards everywhere. And uh, they shoot looters. Yeah. So be careful. <laughs> well, is there anything I can see on my little... Uh, so um, yeah, well, there are a lot of shops that are the windows are broken out. Uh, you do see the occasional person running in and grabbing stuff and running out oddly enough televisions and shit like that. Um, makes oh, sense, but uh, see if I can get a little uh, find a plastic bag and make a snack run, some drinks and iced coffee. Don't get yourself shot, Jade. I'm tiny. There's also uh, 600,000 people also doing the same thing. Same thing. Oh, yeah. Um, they're trying to gather the resources that they have. Uh, they're, they're preaching to everybody not to be selfish. Uh, that They're putting them in a central location so that they can distribute them. Um, but you're walking around. And uh, let me ask you to do... A listen roll. Fourteen out of thirty-five. Right. You're walking around. You're you're observing. You're trying to find things. It's getting dark. Uh, seven seven to eight. It's still pretty light out in the summer. Um, you're listening to people. You're you're half listening to people's conversations. And you're, there's a lot of people around, and you're not sure exactly where it came from, but you heard somebody say something that caught your attention. I heard that there was some sort of gigantic monster eating people. So once I hear that, I stop and try and see if I could hear any other response to that or... Well, you sort of hear people laughing and you hear uh, you hear, you know, incredulous tones and you think you can identify the people who are talking over there about it. I'll see if I can make my way towards them. Okay. Um, well, well, I heard that uh, that uh, the earthquake swallowed people whole. So, well, I heard that there was a, a creature that came up out of the ground during the earthquake, and it grabbed people and pulled them back under with it. Can I see who's saying that? Yeah, you can see there's a number of people sitting around talking about this. 
I'm going to focus in on that person and, and just be like, I, I heard the same thing. What, do you know anything else about that? And I want to do a psychology role. All right, do a psychology role. Oh, six. I only had 20, so. Well, it has the ring of urban legend. Nobody there saw anything, but they heard from someone who said that they heard from someone that there were monsters eating people in the city. Um, it could be trauma. It could be, well, considering what you guys know, it could be anything. We do know that there is some alligator bear thing. Somewhere. It's also still getting hotter and it's so late in the season. I think it's, it's bigger than the alligator bear dog possum. Um, mostly other than that, you hear people talking about friends they can't locate, people, family members they can't locate. They don't know what their fate is. They don't know what, what's going on. Um, but if you continue walking around, you hear similar things. You know, the wolves are coming out and you, you start to dismiss it as just everybody overreacting. But that sticks in your mind. But the main mission was looking for some cans of Coke and some bottles of water. Everywhere you look, those have been snatched up. Things that are left on shelves in stores are you know, laundry detergent and Brillo pads and things like that. Dr. Leish, can you make us some food and bedding with laundry detergent and Brillo pads? I, I think he's out cold, Dr. Flores. Yeah, I was trying to figure out whether I was carrying him or he was carrying me. What? If we don't find a soft space soon, we're just going to lie on the rocks. Well, let's let's say that you found a, a tent city, and they guys a couple of rocks next week. on the rocks. I, I grab up the box of those Brillo pads. Okay. <laughs> oh, the very good fire starter. Get shot for looting. <laughs> died for a Brillo pad. <laughs> it's like, Jane, no! Alright. The question is, what would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> Depends. Before or after doing the endurance chant. Alright, let's skip ahead a little. Um, the, the, everything goes on like this, more or less, for a couple of days. Um, you do, however, occasionally hear the bizarre rumor that there were creatures grabbing people off the street and dragging them underground. Now, whether they just fell into fissures in the ground as the ground cracked and moved around, you don't know, but it's a very strange strange thing um pick up anything about what these creatures look like or it's just i mean or is yeah okay. tentacles coming out of the ground 
Were we able to make it to, yeah, were we able to make it any closer to, say, the Duck Pond or yeah, you've, you've, you've relocated over there to the Duck Pond. Um, okay. they've, they've cleared paths in the middle of the street, um, but people are not allowed to use private vehicles. They have to be, uh, they're brought in by the military, and of course some people don't listen, but um, on the third day, uh, you notice a an SUV pull up and uh, Richard Slakes gets out. And uh, he looks for you for a few minutes, but you guys recognize him. And he comes over and he says, oh, good, I found you. He says, we have a, a place for you guys to stay. Um, Is there air conditioning? Uh, unfortunately, no. Ugh. It's basically a flea bag motel, but it's uh, it's better than... Sleeping the out. Flea background, the rubble ground. And there is a, uh, uh, there is food. Uh, so you should be able to, food and water. Food that is in uh, MREs. What's MREs? Meals ready to eat. Military army. Mm -hmm. No, I think the, uh, the place has its own restaurant. Um, it managed to survive because it's only five stories high. And we, there was no sign, of course, of Glen Sunday at the Duck Pond. Uh, no, no. Sorry. How did the ducks seem? Um, they kind of are nonplussed about the whole thing. Uh, and it says we all chanted and have not had access to regular or abundant foodstuffs or other supplies. Are we hungry? Particularly, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I assume if you circle cleverly through the encampment you can get more than one meal but nevertheless that's not like pastries and coffee in bed that's what we use the brillo pads for fake mustaches so slakes is taking you back he says you know we're doing as best we can um jadic is having meetings with people and he's trying to you know get the humanitarian end of this um, oh, I don't have any chapters, sorry. Um, let me get you to the hotel. It's, it's not too far. Uh, he says, I, I, you know, this, that's, this whole thing is, is affecting me badly. Um, uh, I could, it, he says, I, I keep smelling the burning rubble and, is last night I, I had horrible dreams about children in a refinery fire. It's it's just I I could smell the burnt bodies. Well, to brighten up your day a little more, there's rumors circulating in the refugee camps about creatures pulling survivors into the earth. Now, I think that sort of uh, nonsense is probably the least of our thing to worry about right now. You know, there's something. There's something I have been meaning to. I don't know how to say it. Well, here, I have more of these. And you can see he's... I wouldn't say he's upset, but he's like, I, I told you that I would bring you some information. And I don't 
I don't know if this means anything or not. Uh, he gets you to the hotel. It's the Hotel Morpheus. He says, I'll, I'll show you when we get you in there. Um, the Hotel Morpheus is actually located not too far from Thor's gym, which you were familiar with. From It's the place where Jenny's gym. Hotel Morpheus is five stories high. It's an old building. Uh, you can see that it's pretty run down. It was run down before the earthquake. And um, you go inside. Um, your guess is this might have been used for prostitutes at some point. <laughs> the place reeks of cigarette smell. And uh, it's $37 a night, which is not much. They're still charging? Yeah. Um, they uh, they unfortunately don't have, they, they do have room service, but they don't have uh, China anymore. It's all paper plates and plastic forks. Um, but they set you up in a couple of rooms for you to stay in. And as, uh, as Richard is, is sitting there with you, he says, I think that one of you, all of you, got some time on your hands. I think you should read this. And he pulls out a little book. Now it's, it's a little sort of pocket-sized book. It's a thick book. And he hands it to uh, Morgan, uh, to uh, Dr. Evans. You look at the cover, it's a dark blue, it's got a dark blue hardbound cover. And the words on the cover are uh, ending history. And it's written by Robert Chadick. Uh, what is this about? Well, you know that Chadick is a, less of a humanitarian and more of a nature freak loves nature um this encompasses at least part of his philosophy and i never really thought much about it until now but i think you should read it what you think that you think that uh jadic has been using the information that we've been giving him to Oh, no, I, cause don't, this. I don't I don't think anything like that. I, I'm not sure I'm not sure that that Robert would ever do anything directly, but he might take advantage of a situation if he can. Is this a uh, published publicly published book? Or yeah. is this something that only the Council of Elders got a copy of? It's something that only the members of his tribe get a copy of. And I'll start, I'll start like I'm not glancing sure through it. I'm not sure any of us really agree with it, but maybe on some level. It's mostly philo philosophy. Anyways, read it. And uh, we know where you are now, so we should be able to open up a line of communication. We're going to try to get satellite radio, satellite phones for you. Does this, do we have any credit cards? Do we have any cash? Well, 
Uh, we're still fluid. So your credit cards, I don't know that you're going to find any place that credit cards are going to work, but we can get you some cash. I think that's perfectly reasonable. Um, I'll see what I can do by tomorrow. I should be able to get you guys some, you know, a few hundred dollars, maybe a thousand dollars each. Thank you. Pockets. And don't worry about your salaries. They're still, <laughs> you're still getting, um, I wasn't, I wasn't entirely lucid when last we met. Um, how are our students doing? Well, uh, they are currently in tent cities also, but on the other side of town, it's a little harder to get to them, but, uh, we'll try to get them here to the hotel as well. Okay. Probably within the third. They are doing all right. As far as I know, they're fine. All right. That's good. Thank you. Okay. And he looks at you and he points at that book and then he. Is... Well, I'm going to start reading it. All right. Did anyone else find that somewhat uh, ominous? Disturbing, yes. Look, I what I, we're going to find in there. We, we've given a, a man who's obsessed with nature who would happily have humanity step away for nature to reassert itself, and we've been feeding him secrets of how to summon some alien creature with apocalyptic potential to this planet so i'm a little i'm a little worried about it Lee. yeah just a little bit oh that was a that was a drastic um leap of logic you made but honestly no, it, it explains seen, our mole yeah we've seen crazier things is there an index in that book margaret no, it looks like it's just, uh, it's, uh, it looks like it was originally typewritten on standard size paper, and then it was reduced in size and, and bound, uh, hardbound in a book. Uh, it doesn't look like a professional binding. It looks like, uh, you know, makeshift sort of binding. Um, the type is half size, so it's a little, little eye strainy to read, but. Right. I'm sure they didn't hand this off to some publisher to make its home its home project so um do a 1d4 it's 300 pages four it's gonna take you four hours to read it okay okay um so let's just assume that y'all do things for four hours but uh, gorge ourselves jade yeah. i can talk over uh our other text yeah, I was going to say I wanted the first opportunity I wanted to, to discuss what I read the previous night or three nights ago. Yeah. So and, uh, if we as much food and coffee as we can get in here. Okay. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter how bad it is. Hey, did we pass Thor's gym or is just the same area? It's it's almost just like three three buildings down from Thor's. How's it? How did it take the quake? Uh, looks like it's a little damaged, but it's it's pretty okay. It's always a single low and cinder block, so yeah. yeah. Um, room service is very slow, uh, and as I say, they bring it in on paper plates. You don't really have you, you don't have a choice. It's just basically food is what you you get. Mm -hmm. It's Asian food. 
As long as it's uh, fish or vegetables, I'm good. Well, for at least three of you, some of it tastes a little familiar. Uh, can we ask one of the room service people where they got it from? The kitchen. Uh, well, you, no, because the room service people are gone by the time you're eating it. <laughs> the the staff at the Morpheus, though, they were not Chocho. The not ones that, not, no. that brought us in. Although, in general, the staff were kind of seedy looking. Uh, it's three days in. Uh, our phone line's up. No, power lines, maybe. Some power. Generators are being used. The, the place is a wreck. Yeah. The whole uh, the flow of sewage and, and water is still being brought in because there's, it's... Sewage is being brought in. That's terrible planning. Look, everything's, everything's a mess, Dr. Flores. The reservoirs were damaged, so there's no water. Don't drink from the top. No. Mm. If there's any water at the tap, anyway. Um, Dr. Evans. All right. This trade cat has seemed to found its way. Yeah. I'm just going to read this to you. All right. Uh, the transcript manuscript declares, uh, written by uh, Robert Jadick, um, in the opinion of the writer, human civilization is a cancer upon the earth. Uh, humanity has overforaged and ruined its natural ranges. Tribes of men are one with the beasts of the forest. All must be culled when their numbers grow too great. Nature has not yet culled humankind, for people have grown clever. But she will for humanity is but a part of wilderness. To be lastingly safe, humanity must regain its humble equality with the other denizens of nature. Left to its predilections, humanity will unfortunately recapitulate its arrogant and disastrous growth again and again. The solution is simple. A few insightful humans of great determination must sponsor or precipitate a limited disaster in order to eliminate a greater disaster to come, the elimination of all life on earth. Jadic terms these determined men and women gardeners, suggesting human flowers be cut and human vegetables to be plucked. Gardeners serve a double purpose, having promoted the fall of all having prompted the fall of all humans, human civilization. Uh, they linger on as guardians to prevent man from regaining the bad old ways. This means of enforcement normally would be by scientific methods, but by fire and force if necessary. In Jadic's scheme, generations of these gardeners would not succeed one another for each generation would inevitably modify its perceived mission, and perhaps from understanding un understandable sympathy, at last mistakenly recreate the conditions that the institution of gardeners sought to prevent. Only immortal gardeners 
who can survive for geological epochs can perform the necessary feat of steadfast policy while whole continents shift their places. Sounds a little bananas. So, Margaret, if you're reading that correctly, you're saying that there's some immortal watchers or beings? No, he wants there to be. I think he would want to be one. I mean, in theory, he's not wrong about humanity and overpopulation. It's five, just under five and a half million people on the earth right now. Billion. uh, Yeah, sorry. People on the earth right now, and it is overcrowded, but I mean, to just destroy humanity to make room. Well, it's getting rid of civilization to put them, whatever these gardeners are, in charge. It's that age old, they, you know, thinking they know better than everybody else. And Well, and it seems right in line with full wilderness to begin with. They establish parks wherein no people are allowed to go so that nature can go back to the way that it was supposed to be. Which, in theory, is absolutely fine. But if you're talking about unleashing a beast like we've, or the other group, you know, the, you guys have seen and I know exists, I don't know where that fine line is drawn. Well, I mean, they, I mean these, he, def, he obviously doesn't understand that uh, this planet means nothing in the grand scheme of everything, really. I mean, these things come from wherever they do, and they are so much greater than anything here will ever be. Dr. Evans, do a spot hidden. Thirty-four is a hard success. All right. Uh, while glancing at the, the the physical book itself, you notice that it's dated about twenty-eight years ago. How old did Jadik seem? He's in his 60s. He's in his 60s? And he seemed like an old man, like an older man? Yeah. A healthy uh, older, older man. Uh, but everything, uh, everything of his that I read that inspired me came later than this. He, he being the evolution of his thoughts, it's the, it's the origin of his thoughts. Didn't he beat cancer a few years ago? Did he beat cancer before or after he wrote this? Uh, after. Many years, decades after. Also, I mean, I don't really have to say this, but you guys were all kind of on board with this too in the very beginning before you ever met one another or met this. You guys were you know, monkey wrenchers and you know, drastic measures needed to be taken before. Well, like I said, he's not wrong about the earth being overpopulated and through maybe sterilization of the people and, and, and giving out of, of uh, condoms and, and, and stuff like that, we could lower the population, but mass destruction of the populace is drawing a fine line. I think I'd be less disturbed 
because and I've heard people say before, people were saying 15 years ago, oh, we should just drop neutron bombs and wipe out the people and then the natural world will take over. That's insane, but it's, but it's at least grounded in something. Whereas this idea that he and others, and I think we're being groomed, that he, we would get to be eternal guardians deciding what happened. That's insane. It's intriguing. It's fascism though. And if this were the all mother's will, it would have happened without his help and certainly not under his stewardship. Every other thing that we've seen, the ghouls and what happened to Jenny, that preacher and the thing inside it and the thing that ate it and scampered away across the sea, those aren't tools that are acceptable to promote a healthy environment. For all we know, one of those things will continue to eat every deer and every cabbage and leave the planet a cold, dead rock. I don't think Jadik is thinking clearly, let's See, say. But if the Divine Mother had a plan, it could work, but this is his perversion on her gifts that he manipulated. Like I saw that tree stump creature in the lab. That that was a horrific, you know, science fiction creature, but it had human hands all over it. It was designed, and they're perverting the ultimate plan. Do you think that thing has a plan that involves us at all? Because I don't, re I don't really think so. You doesn't i mean we're talking like them in terms of tools to be used they don't care about any of this i mean if that thing cared i mean it was being used just to be milked for experiments but i don't think it was mad not have even have noticed well what happens when you poke a sleeping bear with a stick it gets angry and attacks the that that laboratory had it hooked up from, from the notes I read and was milking it, just like you said. Now that it's free, I'd come after somebody who was poking me with a stick while I was sleeping too. Well, that's what you would do. You're not whatever that thing is. I don't know what, what type of like bond you guys are forming with this thing. It doesn't care about you, Jade. It doesn't you probably even notice that we draw power from it with that spell or whatever. There's no bond here. I we understand. have each other. And we've got to stop whatever is happening that's going to kill who knows how many people. Because that's it. You know, when I, when I tried to stop the things that were destroying the environment, that was to preserve the planet for us. Okay, we are what we have in this cold and caring universe is each other. And that's what I care about. I don't care about protecting some plan of some damn thing that almost got us killed 
on multiple occasions. I don't care about any of that. If we can stop more people from dying or being killed by those things, that's what I care about because that's all we've got. We might have to stop. We, we might have to take down full wilderness. If that's really their goal, then yeah. But then again, we don't know. We don't know where Jadik is. And that was written 28 years ago. We don't know if maybe Jadik's given that up, but maybe one of the people in a circle hasn't. We don't know. Well, if we Jadik can't wanted even... that to happen, he would have stopped this a long time ago. Or he just wanted us to keep feeding him information. It's one of the two. But either him or one of his groupies is definitely still believes in the mission. Well, uh, I think th I think it's worth noting again that something started here before we arrived. The heat wave and the Templars had already begun. If the I'm entirely prepared to believe at this point that tentacles are coming out of the ground and that something's growing underneath Zendamiel. Um, I don't know that they're eating people. It might just be growing. They could be cilia on a giant amoeboid creature. Uh, I also don't know how it can get hotter and hotter without end. I don't think that Jadik is con in control of his experiment. I think that Jadik is probably the problem and not an acolyte. I don't think Slakes would have shown us this book if he were on board. But I don't know how we can stop Jadik when we can't even get a meeting with him. And by the way, he's always flying around the world on a damn jet, which has always pissed me off. Dr. Leish, you've been quiet and bluish. There's a lot to think, there's a lot to think about. Sorry. I just thought 10 minutes ago, he looks very blue. Yeah. It's that CD motel light. Yeah. The, the uh, gas fire across the street is, but yeah, there's a lot to think about. Um, all right. Jumped ahead to the next morning. Um, two things happened the next morning. The first one is you start to explore the hotel and you make the discovery that they are in fact not cooking at the hotel, that they are having food brought in from the Black Dragon restaurant. Which seems to be doing just fine. Called it. The second thing is, is uh, Slakes and an assistant come pulling up in the front uh, with two SUVs. One of them is for you. So that you have a vehicle to get around. Um, 
he's got your assistance in the, the vehicle with him. So uh, he gets out and uh, walks up and, and gives you all sort of a look. And he says, you read it. Yes, we did. Good. It might not be as important as what I suspect, but hmm. it's old. It's definitely, I just don't like the situation. Maybe I'm paranoid. I, I don't think you are. And maybe it took 28 years to get to this point. Well, and being paranoid doesn't necessarily mean that you're wrong. I'd rather look at the worst case scenario so we can at least know what to do. And then if we're wrong later, just shrug it off. Um, a couple of questions. Uh, I assume it's blazingly hot and humid still? Yep. I mean, it's about 100 degrees. And it's October. It's so like even... Yeah. So it's that's pretty exceptional. It usually starts to cool off, yeah. Uh, any any further seismic activity? Oh Just yeah, normal, small aftershocks or large aftershocks or uh, the largest aftershock now is about four or five. So that's still knocking things over. Oh, not really. A little bit. Yeah, if right, there's it's exponential. Damaged, if there's something really damaged, then it might it might fall. So people are people that they've put up. Uh, barriers now i mean not barriers but you know police tape around things that they don't want people to go near or buildings that might fall and as far as we know there hasn't been any interesting say helicopter tv coverage of snaky things coming out of the ground uh nothing like that no there have and the rumors no. don't feel more the rumors haven't gotten more substantial or specific no it doesn't seem like it um we need to find some place to eat that isn't the oh, black dragon. Well, ideally, you know, as long as Mr. Slakes, you've been frank about the ending history, um, you shouldn't be eating at the black dragon. They're, well, yeah, they're cookbooks good. for people. Yeah, yeah. Did you read that report? That was uh. Hmm. I gave that report to Chady directly. Now, I don't want to give you the wrong impression. I've admired Robert Chady for years. Um, I, I read this. I read this 10 years ago. And it just, this whole situation just seemed to stick in my head. And I thought I'd, I'd let you read it. Um, I don't, it's nothing that he's ever published. I don't think that he would be happy that you read it. In, in uh, tribal meetings, does he ever mention the gardeners or is this all this language faded away? I, I've never heard him talk about that. But I have suspected that he has been interested in uh, developing things that would prolong one's life. Um, in fact, it may be that uh, 
that some of the uh, the, the work research that would be doing it at Don Biazon might have had to do with uh, life extension. Yes, because I mean, our good old friend, um, Dr. Finley. Yes, Dr. Finley. I mean, they mentioned that they were trying to solve a common human problem. We just assumed it might have been mental illness. Maybe he was talking about death. It's possible. Where is Jadik currently? Uh, Jadik is currently uh, on his way back to San Daniel. From? From Indiana, uh, where uh, part of our, uh, like a, a secondary headquarters. Indiana. Yes. And as far as you know, as the recipient of confidential communications, Full Wilderness doesn't have any information about what happened to our friend Jennifer after she escaped. Oh, wow, Jennifer. The last thing that we knew was that some military people picked her up. I don't know what that was all about. Um, once you get into that sort of area, there's not any real way to find out after that. I assume the government took control. She was carrying Ethan's baby. Yes, I think that's what you said during, uh, or, or what, uh, what Dr. Carlisle said in his report. She also spoke directly to me about immortality. You think maybe she was working on immortality as well? Oh, she was definitely working on ways to bring people back from the dead, which is feels similar in purpose. This all makes me incredibly, incredibly nervous. Which is why I said, let's take this for face value for now. Have you any have have you had any contact with uh, Dr. Glonsandi? Magnus Glonsandi? Uh yeah. Magnus Glonsandi was here. Uh I'm not sure what happened to him after the earthquake. Uh however, uh he had a number of meetings with uh, Jadik uh in the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. No, we just, I just knew that he was in town. I was just curious if you had heard from him since this, but well, thanks. You know, I don't really know the whole thing. They were, they were rather um, covert about what they were doing. Um, but I did, you know, I got the, the impression that they were, that they seemed to be onto something that was going on. And, uh, they were very reticent to discuss anything about it uh, until they were sure. Um, I assumed we would get a memo at some point, but we never did. How were the other uh, members of the tribe? Were they mostly in town during the quake or mostly away? Uh, three people uh, were out of town, the rest of them we're all pretty much 
here in five. They were all in their homes. Uh, nobody was at the uh, office at uh, 7.33 in the morning. Was, was anybody in the tribe particularly interested in ending history? Did anybody... We didn't really discuss the book, but I think that I think that we were all, you know, very, very much interested in preserving the natural world. And I mean, having read that book, I think that we all kind of liked it when we read it the first time. The idea that humans need to be governed, if you will, um, are because our population's exploding. Um, we're becoming more of a virus. This isn't my opinion, of course. It's, the, it's what the book says. Uh, I, I can't completely disagree with it, but I think that it's naive and, and drastic. You know? I mean, it makes, uh, there's parts of the book that, that make it sound like that you need to, uh, you know, uh, there, there, if you read, like, I think it's in chapter three that he talks about a systematic uh, warfare between countries uh, with the sole purpose of eliminating most of the, uh, I'm trying to think of the phrase that he used, the- uh, The viral load? Yeah, i.e. not getting rid of the intelligentsia, but getting rid of the, the, the dumb, uh, less educated population. Um, those are the kind of soldiers that go to war, not the, not the intelligence. The intelligent ones go into the Air Force. The less intelligent ones go into the Army, where you can just sacrifice them all. It's, it's a ridiculous proposal, but uh, it's not something that I haven't heard before in other, in other philosophers. It's just ridiculously drastic. How can you remain moral and still and propose such ideas. Well, let me... I was just going to ask, the home base, the uh, full wilderness building mm -hmm. that's here, is it still standing? It's standing, but they are not going to let anybody in there until it's been, uh, you know, assessed by city, uh, whatever you call it, architects, uh, make sure that it's still sound. I doubt that it's still sound. I mean, I, I could feel the whole building twist side to side um, uh, in the earthquake. Well, what I'm getting at is, hypothetically speaking, if Jadik is behind some of this, would there be evidence there, and could we get our hands on it? I don't know how we could be behind any evidence in an earthquake. I'm not saying the earthquake, just we we've all seen the creatures, we've all read the reports well mm -hmm. all all not all of us have seen the creatures jade look i know i know you're enthusiastic well about I all this, but you weren't there the creatures that were in the that i spent two weeks doing research on while you guys were in the field the, the tree stump creature so the, you you saw that one but that was given to jadic by a peter tate who was probably dead the thing that we saw in Canada had nothing to do with Jadik. It was some other monster. Jenny was Don Biozyme. These... 
who's to say all of these companies aren't passing trade secrets? Why? Why? Why would Jadik want us to stop Don Biozyme or look into any of this if they were already passing him the information that he wanted? Why were we in Toronto, though, if not to investigate, if not inadvertently facilitate what happened at the Citadel? There's a piece of this puzzle we're missing, and it can, will connect, at least in my opinion, it will connect all of these incidents together. There's something at the top of all of this. But, I mean, that, that, that creature, that whatever Pastor Loli ended up being, would have awakened that thing anyway. That was its end. That was its goal the whole time. That's what it felt like to me anyway. But there's still got to be a, a one commonality that's making all of these other incidents happen now. Why did that creature come? This statue. I'm not disbelieving. I fully believe that a statue came to life. No, don't It'll, look. It that thing raided. That thing turned people into goop on the ceiling to steal some of that milk to awaken its God or whatever it perceived that to be. Right. That now, was its own prerogative. I don't think but, that it was in league with anybody. I'm not saying in league, but what is the one factor that started all of this? Something had to start this or randomly six different creatures decided to awake or be genetically. No, Don Biozyme was behind most of this. Keep in mind, though, that that the Rothmelson and Finley had a direct relationship. Right. That's why we went and, to Toronto. Right. So we have Finley as a common cause, a common, a common, a connection, if not a causal element between everything. All right. I'm just saying. But Finley now, isn't working on his own. Uh, but now, Jade, you are right. Full Wilderness was giving Don Biozyme funding. That is correct. However, I do believe that there is not a grand sharing of information. I am of the opinion that we were specifically sent to discover what was being hidden from Jadik and to tell him now. Maybe I worded it wrong, but my, my essential point is there's something, whether it's communication, friendship, uh, what, whatever it is, something spiraled all these other events, I bet. If we find that one factor, I think everything in this bizarre past few months will connect to this one source, is it be it a person, a place, a thing, a new drug, a new... Well, I wish, I, wish I agreed with you, Jade, but I don't think that there's just going to be one simple silver bullet to kill our monster here. I don't think the world works like that anymore. I wish that there could be one thing to explain this all away and we could go to one place and solve all of our problems and put everything right again, but I don't think that's the, the case here. I think that there is a relationship, sure. Were the same people involved in multiple things? Yes, but 
there are multiple parties at play here. There are multiple objectives. There are multiple people involved. There's a lot of different motivations. We're not going to find one. There's not going to be that one connecting puzzle piece. I um, wish I wish I could believe that there was, but I, I don't. How's, how's Richard Slakes taking this conversation? Does he look more confused and upset or less? Well, he's read all of your reports. Um, he's more or less just listening to you. Um, uh, Mr. Slakes, let me ask you, um, there was a bit of a, you know, PR piece. I certainly accepted it at the time that um, in a sense, Mr. Jadick overcame his cancer by communing with wilderness and maybe, you know, consuming probiotics and doing yoga or whatnot. Do you know if he received any other treatment? And is it possible he had any treatment from Dr. Finley? I don't think that he received any treatment at all. Um, his, uh, at least his claim is that his, uh, that he originally was diagnosed at, uh, uh, San, uh, uh, San Damio Hospital and that uh, uh, he was told that it was terminal and there was nothing that could be done. So he left civilization and went out and became a uh, pretty much hunter-gatherer living a almost prehistoric... Where does he do that? Uh, or is that something that he talked about in his book? Yeah, he probably did. He did it actually out in the, uh, I forget, the Sonoran Desert or uh, someplace out, someplace remote. Okay, as long as it's not conveniently located next to where the Chochos come from. Yeah, no. That's the, okay. It was in the United States. Actually, I probably do know it. There's a somewhere out in Indiana. <laughs> All the way back to the beginning of the book. Uh, let's see. Cured himself of lung cancer by eschewing medical treatments and retreating to the simple life of a shepherd in the Cocoa Mountains of Nevada. There you go. And his cancer miraculously remitted and vanished. Then he, be then he became a pastoral hunter-gatherer, spending several years um, severed completely from human company, returning to civilization profoundly changed by his experience. And that part of his biography is before ending history? Uh, no, it's after. It's after. It's after he'd established full wilderness and was a noted figure. He got sick and then no, went hyperpaleo. Just before he did full wilderness. Uh-huh. Well, he founded full wilderness with like the proceeds from his book, didn't he? He he came back, he wrote two books and, and established full wilderness, correct. And did he base full wilderness in San Daniel because he's from the area? Yeah, you're asking me questions that I'm just making up answers to. But sure. Yes. Sure. Okay. Sure. 
It's a nice place. Not because I knew there was a giant ancient creature under it in a fault line. Right. So are we going to, uh, we've got these shiny new SUVs. I'd like some food that's not made out of people. Um, where's the nearest place we can get some human sustenance? And should we be looking into setting up a new lab back at Zenfotech or is there another plan? Of course, by human sustenance, you mean human sustenance, not human sustenance. Precisely. It's a non-human human sustenance. Um, I'm sure that you can find food somewhere which uh, is probably not as delicious as that Chocho did stuff. They seem to have no end of ingredients. Oh. <laughs> hmm. And I love how they're completely unimpacted by the earthquake. I mean, it seemed like their, their establishment was pretty derailed by a gas leak, but, you know, 8.9 earthquake, just fine. They've learned from their mistakes. Well, once They've reinforced their gas lines. It's only two stories high. <laughs> well, there's bodies everywhere. They have food options. Mm -hmm. For uh, some reason, the, the staff of the Black Dragon has been very adamant in the uh, assisting people out of the rubble. Um. All right. What was your? What were we gonna do? You're gonna drive around and. I, I the next question for uh, for Slakes is whether the facility at. Uh, Zinfotech uh, is still intact enough to work from there, or if we should look for another base? Um, well, you could, you're probably going to have to use Morpheus for your base for a while. Um, it seems to be one of the few buildings that's not, uh, that seems to be just, it seems to be physically sound. Uh, Zinfotech has problems because it had a lot of gas and electricity lines and everything coming into it, and they want to make sure it's absolutely, it should be a week or so and they should be able to reestablish stuff out there. Uh, the power, the power plant was seriously damaged. So they're, they're still trying to figure out how they're going to patch into the grid. Um, I want to skip ahead a little bit again. Uh, that evening, Uh, Dr. Leash walked away. Or can you still hear Dr. Leash? Oh, you're you're muted, so you can't answer. <laughs> he he took his headset off. Oh, did he? Okay. Uh, let's give it just a second. Let's just say that in the meantime, I've made sure that we acquire like cartons and cartons of canned goods and Pringles okay. and gallons of distilled water because I'm not eating from downstairs, as it were. All right. Well, we'll say that Dr. Leash is in the restroom when uh, a, a young uh, man uh, comes up to the door, knocks on your door, and he hands you a note uh, and immediately turns and walks away. Um, it, it, it seemed very odd the way that he did it too. It's just, just walked up, he handed you the note, and he turned and walked away very quickly. What is, what is this? 
Do we have, are we like piled into four rooms of the Morpheus or? You're in the, okay, four rooms. That's good enough. So Dr. Evans, uh, you received this note from the- my My dear friends, meet me tonight at 7 p.m. sharp at, at 384 uh, Brown and Wine Street, room 222 in the rear. Failure to keep this appointment compels the most dire consequences. P.S. By special arrangements, uh, gratis meals await you in the Morpheus dining room. Be my well-fed guests for the gracious remainder of your stay. Uh, doesn't say who it's from. Well, you recognize the writing as Magnus. But you think that he's being covert again. It looks like it's just scrawled on a note of some sort. And Margaret, the, the, the young person who gave you this, they, you, you didn't notice anything about them? Do they seem rather nondescript? Nondescript, uh, not, uh, not well-dressed, just, you know, look like just somebody that got paid to bring you a note. Yeah. I... And told not to interact with you. It seemed like he purposely didn't stay to talk. Mm -hmm. And is there a 384 brandy one? Is that a real place? Oh, uh, yeah. And it's not, not too far away. Um, it couldn't be. Is it a... Is, any like local map or guidebook, whatever we have, does it state that it's like a hotel or like lodging? Well, you don't have any kind of hotel. No, we don't have any, any. map or anything. Well, there would be something at the Morpheus, wouldn't there? A local guide. This it was is destroyed of, in the earthquake. This is one of those in and out hotels, remember? Yeah. Literally. <laughs> I mean it that way, but now that I said it, yeah. Did you did you also have a mirror on your ceiling? Is that what you're saying? Oh, and a hot tub that reeks. Oh, it's not that classy. Oh. Um, I'd hate to bring a black light in here. So the dire consequences aren't a threat from the note sender, but about another danger. And the implication is that we have to eat more human corpses if things don't go well? Well, it is a threat, just not for us. He's implying something else is threatened. Well, if he was trying to warn us about the food. Hmm. If you recall from uh, his, your meeting in the park, he said that they might be onto something really serious. Maybe they but now he said, so in his note, he said room 222 two, two, two in the rear. So maybe he wants us to meet us at the back of the building, like not go to his room, but. Um, how long is it before 7 p.m.? Do we have time to case the joint at all? We'll see you've got about two hours. Well. 
yeah, we should at least, um, and it's within a few, it's walking distance. It's trivial walking distance. Um, yeah, probably. It might take you 20 minutes to walk there. I mean, I assume, I, what's the, how are the uh, SUVs disposed of? We can't just park them in this mess. I, I, did we? Yeah, they're kind of parked in the mess. Okay. They've, they've, they've moved trouble away from areas where you can put your car. And there is, I guess, enough of a National Guard presence that leaving two shiny new cars in the rubble is... Right. Okay. Also, you're going there at 7 p.m. and... Uh, curfew is at, at 8. So perhaps we should prepare for a little bit of a longer stay. Maybe we there. should... We might not be able to move once we go over there. That's a concern. And maybe he's saying to eat for a reason. Maybe we won't be eating for a little bit tonight. Well, maybe. Well, we can, I mean, definitely eat before we go, but we should definitely bring supplies with us. We don't know how long we will, this meeting, you, if you will, will last. Like I said, I've been stocking up on canned goods and Sterno because done with the express kitchen. <laughs> All right. Um, did, they, did they have little maps down in the lobby? Uh, no, not in the system. Mm. Shame. Um, I think that I'm going to call it there. It's early, but we need Keith here for mm -hmm. the rest of it. And, uh, Keith will rejoin us. He had a family emergency. Uh, so um, we'll, we'll just call it there and we'll come back uh, next week. Our players included Morgan Llewellyn, Brian Daly, Keith Craig, who is absent tonight, Jason Melnichok, and David Gassaway with yours truly as the keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. We have a new patron, one of the players in our campaign. Brian Daly has contributed $3 a month. Thank you so much, Brian. If you'd also like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar or two a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. I'm good.